0: I'm Michael Marinello. And I'm Robert Mathers. And this is Radio Free Jersey Presents of All Time. On this episode, U2's 50 Greatest Songs.
1: Um, Are we rolling?
0: How
2: are you, buddy? Good, how are you?
0: All right. Hanging in, as the kids say.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just uh, living day to day. That's right. That's right.
0: We talked with Ken Dasha from Q1043 last week about the Beatles. We're going to stay on that side of the pond again this week. One of rock's greatest impresarios, ambassadors, a quiet, introverted songwriter and frontman. A guy by the name of Paul Hewison quietly turned 60 years old last
2: week. <laughs>
0: All right, I'm full of shit. U2's <clears throat> Bono Vox uh, decided to celebrate by taking to the internet and rattling off 60 songs that shaped him, or it's the 60 songs that saved my life, uh, and we will link to that in the show notes, and that's an interesting list to look at, and it's Bono's list, so we're we're out of respect and deference to Mr. Vox We're not going to <laughs> rip that uh, uh, to shreds But what we are going to do We are going to go back to this past November Which apparently is a good time to do end of year countdowns and such like this When Rolling Stone Magazine in 2019 Did U2's 50 Greatest Songs And to help us We've picked two giant U2 fans And friends of the show Frequent guests Yes uh, Victoria Keelan and Lou Pellegrino Welcome guys
3: Hi! Thanks, guys, for having us. Hey, guys! Thanks for having us. <laughs>
0: ah, the miracles of... Uh... All right,
1: I,
3: I tried to keep him locked in the bedroom, but <laughs> <laughs> he cannot be stopped when it comes to you two. <laughs> exactly.
0: So before we dive into this, um, I I would I know this story, but I think everybody else needs to hear it. So if you would share us, if you would share with us your youtube Bono story, because it's fascinating.
1: I will let Victoria handle this one because she No, no, no. I was going to say, no,
3: this needs to be from your perspective because this story really is all about you.
1: Also, to, so, so to quote you two in their love song to the Who, this song is all because of you or this story is all because of me.
2: That's a terrible <laughs> song.
1: I know it is. Um, okay. <laughs> so for my, for, for my birthday. Uh, Victoria took me to Ireland I had never been Her family is uh, from there Her father's from there Victoria's first generation And never been to Ireland So she decided to take me for a birthday surprise So we go to Ireland uh, right after Christmas And we spend New Year's Eve there We have a great time Our last night in Dublin And I'm going to spare you all the travel Because we went all across the, the country of Ireland Our last night we stay at this hotel This great hotel called The Marion. And we go to dinner. It's our last night. Victoria says, you know, let's go to dinner a little bit early tonight. We have a long day ahead of us tomorrow. I really just want to like chill and have a glass of wine and sit in the drawing room at the hotel. Now, I'm shocked. It was, it was port that I wanted. But OK, right. I was shot. <laughs> I was kind of like, you know, we've been hanging out. We've been doing all these travels. We've been drinking. We've been eating. I, I kind of just want to like decompress because I wasn't looking forward to the seven hour flight the next day. And so she goes, well, I'm going, she says, I'm going to the drawing room with or without you. And I don't mean that in like a U2 reference, but she goes, (laughs) I'm going. So you could either join or sit in the room and watch the NFL playoffs. I don't care. I said all right all right all right fine I'll, I'll, that's what
3: um, he really wanted to do so he, he really just, wanted to go to the room I was, and, and I was, just watch football i was missing
1: america a little not not too much but i was missing like the things that were happening sports wise at home so mm-hmm. i said all right give me your jacket i'll take it up to the room but now i go to the room and i'm dilly dallying i'm just i'm looking through just looking for the score of the game i'm brushing my teeth i'm, I'm straightening up a little bit my clothes and i'm like okay all the while, my phone, my cell phone's in my, my jacket pocket that's hanging in the closet. So I don't see the text message barrage that I'm getting from Victoria. Where are you? Are you okay? What's going on? Why aren't you coming down? Get down here. Get down here now. Jesus, get down here now. Where are you? I don't see all <laughs> of these messages. So finally, I come walking. She sees me because she could look down this long corridor where I'm coming walking towards her. She says, "Get." she gets up. And as she's walking towards me, I don't realize until maybe like the very last minute, she's making a hand gesture as she's telling me, I, or she's pointing, like she has her hand up in front of her sternum and she's pointing to her left, like, look, like that way, look that way. She says, I ordered you again as my glass of wine is there and I'm leaving my phone at the table, I'll be right back. So now I walk in, not paying any attention to what she's doing. I sit down and she has a seat right in front of the fireplace. So now I start to survey the room. I look at the fireplace and I start panning across, going towards my right. And there all of a sudden sitting there with sunglasses and all is Bono. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, and I put my head right down because it was just so like shocking. And and sure enough, there he was sitting there with two other people. He was having a, a business meeting. And we sat there and essentially had our own little private concert without music, bu- uh, Larry, Adam or the Edge, because they didn't he didn't sing anything. But we <laughs> sat there for what felt like the length of a U2 show. Then when he got up, we left and I will let Victoria handle the story from here
3: well okay to back up a little bit so what happened was as Lou was in the in the the, uh, guest room in the hotel room I'm I went into the drawing room now when I say drawing room this is an old-fashioned hotel and there are little love seats in front of the fireplace there are two that face the fireplace it's a beautiful little townhouse kind of hotel and so there was no one in the entire room and the I, I asked the waiter can I sit here right directly in front of the fireplace and it had a little sign on the on the coffee table that said reserve he Said no, you can literally sit anywhere else in the entire room, but you can't sit there. I said okay, fine. So I'll sit three feet next to it, which made no difference to me. So I said fine, I'll sit here. I ordered my port; it was delicious, and I'm sitting there and I'm on my phone, you know, checking in for the flight or whatever. Again, no one's in the entire room. There's the sort of ramp that comes from the main lobby down into this room, and I look up and out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, oh, who's that guy? Who thinks he's Bono. And it's this guy, like, with the signature sunglasses on, the rose-colored glasses, Uh or they were blue, I think, and he had, like, the military-style overcoat, and he kind of saunters down the little runway there and then plops down right next to me. And I just looked up, and I'm like, oh, this is, I mean, I just started kind of laughing inside because I didn't want to show, you know, I didn't want to, because it's just the two of us in the room, so I just kind of start laughing to myself, and I'm like, if I text Lou right now you are such a loser that you did not want to listen to me and you did not want to come down here and have a drink with me if I tell him that Bono is sitting next to me he's obviously not going to he's not going to believe me so that's why I kept texting him where are you where are you where are you get down here right now because if I said Bono's next to me he would have been like yeah right and he would have just you know he never he would Mm -hmm. never would have believed me I barely believed it myself so Bono's (laughs) sitting there and I'm texting him in a fury because I think he's going to another room he's not going to stay here in public and Mm -hmm. this is a Very small boutique hotel, and really, you know, this was a Saturday night, the Saturday after New Year's. There's no way that I thought he would be there. He's usually in France. So when Lou finally comes down. That's when I stood up and I said, okay, I'm going to the ladies' room. And I stood, when I walked away from Lou, I watched him sit and then look up and realize that Bono was three feet in front of him. The look on his face was so priceless. I started laughing out loud to myself in the hallway. I went into (laughs) the ladies' room and I was still laughing so hard that like, what are the chances that this happened? And it was just one of those surreal moments when I came back like Lou said, we sat there all night, and we kind of overheard a few of their conversations. At one point, two girls from Jersey, naturally, they walked right up to Bono, and they said, hey, can we get a picture with you? And he did, and he said, I've had 23 Guinnesses, but I'll take a picture anyway. They left, and then they were cackling in the other room, and it was so loud, we could hear it. And I started laughing, and Bono looks over at me, and he goes, I'm just as incredulous as you are. And I was like, oh my god, he thinks I'm laughing, At why would anyone be that flattered that they just met Bono like why would they be freaking out and I looked at him I go no 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 that's not what I meant I said I'm more embarrassed that they're from New Jersey than anything else I'm like it's not about you you're fine you're totally fine and so and you're, Lou's you're just sitting Bono. there like yeah and Lou's just sitting there like uh and he has no idea what to say so our waiter um, so as Lou said so the night goes on Bono gets up and he leaves he says numerous times to people um, I have to go Ali's gonna be mad at me I'm supposed to be home and the whole thing so as he's actually walking out of the hotel we walked out behind him and lou in this in his high-pitched voice went bono because he was so terrified no i didn't he was (laughs) so terrified he was gonna miss the moment so bono turns around Bono turns around and Lou just—I forget what Lou said. I think he just all, said, "This I is said, my wife" or something like no, that because he couldn't—he couldn't formulate the sentence. No,
1: I know that—that's—that's a little—that's a little. No, wrong. honey, you
3: were nervous, but go ahead, tell
1: the story. It wasn't, it wasn't really nervous, but I also—but you also have to remember, though, babe, I—we're I, New Yorkers. we are we we are in this business that you meet people like this all the time. So it wasn't like I shrieked, Bono, but I went very quietly because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Well, because you know what I mean. It's like that was first it's Just move on. Keep going. No, it's fine. Well, first off, I'm behind him. So the last thing I would do, Bono? You know, like <laughs> just startle the guy. So I just went, Bono, and he turned around. He's like, yes, and I went. I go, hi. I go. My name is Lewis. My wife is Victoria. This is my wife, Victoria. We're from New York City. I said we're friends of, and I mentioned the friend that Victor- uh, Victoria is, and he stopped and he just looked at us and he was like no kidding kidding. yeah you you know him how do you know him and then victoria then jumped in and because i kind of i think i kind of went numb which i'm glad (laughs) that song's not on the top 20 um (laughs) but see i had to bring it back to the list but i I, you know i kind of went like you know like holy shit this is a moment where we're shaking hands we're conversing you know like i've met him once before where he shook my hand and moved down like the procession after a concert but this Mm. was actually like 30 to 45 seconds of interaction which is you know more than most people get so after that then he said oh you're kidding how do you know so and so so then Victoria told him and I'll let you continue
3: we had a nice <laughs> little chat with him and then we had mentioned that through the mutual friend that we had um, that we had been invited to uh, John Lennon Day which was in New York City on, on Ellis Island and um, it was I think it was the end of July that year it was. It was. they, it they, were, they were in town yeah they were in yeah. town for and the so, um Bono gave one of his classic amazing Bono speech beaches it was a crowd of amnesty international people there was maybe like 40 of us and then it was an unveiling of um of a tapestry that now hangs at on ellis island and so the whole and bono and the edge were there it was great so he was also impressed that we had been at that private event so he knew we were you know not stalkers but um it was a really it was a really nice exchange and then um he actually apologized to us he's like i'm really sorry like i have to go like it was it was one of those moments where it's like you know he probably would have hung out with us and had another beer but his phone was blowing up and his wife needed him at home because it was like eleven thirty at that point but um it was a really wonderful moment and like lou has been dining out on this story for several years and, and it is a, it is a great story the odds of of that happening you know it's like it's like people go to New Jersey and they think they're going to see Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, and exactly. sometimes you do. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's like the same kind of thing. It's like you, you never expect that Bono sitting on the couch next to you and he was there just the whole night. Uh, Robert, you had mentioned Bono's 60 songs that changed his life. One of the songs on that list is a song that we actually heard him playing that night on his iPhone to his two business associates. And it's a Bruce Springsteen song called There Goes My Miracle. And we remember hearing the song because it was so close to us. And both Lou and I loved the song. And Bono was in such awe of the songwriting yeah. that he was he mentioned he goes this sounds he goes no one writes a song like this except Roy Orbison. And the first time I heard there goes my miracle, I said to Lou I go wow this is such a great song it sounds like Roy Orbison and then we put it together that that was the song that Bruce had sent Bono that he had played that night while we were you know in such such close proximity to him and it is one of my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs of all time I love it so much and so it's just so cool that like a year and a half before that song got released we were hearing it on Bono's iPhone it's like you gotta wonder what their text message thread looks like between Bono and Bruce because it must be pretty impressive
0: they compare hoop earrings
2: (laughs) how dare you I just also love a story where you meet you meet a hero of yours and he's he or she is not a complete asshole. He's so. a
3: hero worth <laughs> worth meeting <laughs> yeah, for sure.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So that's awesome. The funny part was when the two drunk ladies
1: from Jersey came in, I was sitting there and I I had just and it's got. it's
3: always some like, ch- no offense to Cherry Hill, but it's always like two chicks from Cherry Hill. It's always, uh-huh. I don't know why. I, I That happened to our family. We were in Bunratty Castle one year as kids. And like this whole family, we were seated with this whole family from Cherry Hill. And they uh-huh. were so bombed and like just very Jersey and not uh-huh. in a good way. It was terrible. Yeah. It's It always is Jersey. It all, all comes back to Jersey.
1: The funny thing about those ladies who approached Bono for the picture I'm sitting there and I had just gotten to my seat I literally had just gotten to my seat Victoria comes back from the ladies room and these two ladies start approaching and my inner monologue is this. No, 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 no. You're going to ruin it. No, 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 no. Like I was so mad thinking like, <laughs> oh my God, they're going to come in. They're going to blow up his spot. Then he's going to say, let's take this to another room because it's Bono at the Marion. It's Bono at the hotel. The Marion's the hotel where Springsteen goes and where all the other famous dignitaries go. Obama, and spend. The
3: Obama stayed there. Right, and, so, yeah. and apparently you know, Bono has like, even though he lives in town, apparently even though you're not a guest, only guests are allowed into the hotel and um, there's no public park of it but uh they make an exception for bono and apparently he holds all of his business meetings there and it's a lovely little spot i highly recommend it to anyone who goes to dublin it's you might just see bono on a saturday night
0: (laughs) which is the title which would be a great title for a song
2: bono on a saturday night night.
0: (laughs) (laughs) drinking drinking with bono on a saturday night oh god that's an awesome story
3: I do believe when he said he had 23 Guinnesses, he had about 10 while we were there. So I do believe (laughs) that that was an
1: accurate count. But the thing that was so great about him, too, I mean, people did approach him. He answered every question. He didn't sign any autographs because no one asked. Because in this day and age, I don't think people ask for autographs. It's all about social media and and pictures. But... Two little kids came over to him with their parents, and he's like, yeah, let's take a picture together. So he had his arms around the kids, they made the peace sign. But there was another couple, I guess, that they were they were probably from Iceland or Sweden. I can't remember the country that they were from, but they were celebrating their anniversary. So they went over, they talked to Bono, and he was like, oh, so you know, what brings you to Ireland? Oh, we're here for our anniversary. We were at this special show. We know these people that you know. And he was like, oh, well, happy anniversary. He sent them over two glasses of like the finest champagne the Marianne had to offer. I think it was a bottle. I think he sent a, a bottle. It might have been a bottle. Yeah. But but you know what i mean he was like those two people over there they uh they have they they're celebrating their anniversary send them over this and and they did and he they toasted him and cheers to you know but i mean he answered I, you know what i mean instead of like a saturday night in like victoria said a saturday night in dublin it's right after new years you know what you probably he does this thing on christmas all the time where he goes and he bu- busks out on Grafton Street and he brings all the money that he collects to like um some foundation or some children's home or orphanage or something like that. I mean, he just, the, to, for him to just do everything the right way when we were in front of him, it was just, um. it's yeah. You know, sometimes they say, don't meet your heroes, but this is somebody you definitely should meet. Like we talked like we talked
2: about. It's awesome.
0: Well, thank you guys for sharing that. Let's dive into the list here because now that we're on this, this high, <laughs> this is a list from Rolling Stone magazine. As aforementioned, we're going to take the top 20. Um, and mike
2: sure um but before we hop back in there um uh, rdm is this uh is this written by one person or is it a editors and writers and or is it a poll it, is it this was
0: uh this was written by christopher weingarten david brown john dolan cory grau uh andy green will Hermes, and rob sheffield okay Oh,
3: so like multiple uh. people agreed on this terrible list is what you're telling us. Yes,
0: you. it a, it's, a cool <laughs> t- it's a committee. It is a committee list. No. Absolutely. No, it's okay. a committee. All
2: right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, number 20, out of control from boy. Uh, number 19, running to stand still from the Joshua tree. Number 18, Gloria from October. Uh, number 17, walk on from all that you can leave behind. And number 16, Zuropa from Zouropa. Mm-mm. Have at it, gang. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let the barbecuing begin.
0: <laughs> I mean, let's. It is. This is a tough thing to do. It's like ranking Beatles songs. u two is arguably one of the greatest rock bands in history, um, and uh, but still, you they have some great songs, and I think they have some album fillers <laughs> <laughs> they have some album uh-huh. fillers like uh-huh. every act does uh, so are where do you sit with these the first five that we talked about or that we mentioned uh,
2: that
0: could,
3: uh, Oh, it's so tough I think be- I echo Michael's sentiment <laughs> 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 I feel kind of the same way uh, I mean out of control and we start at number 20 Okay, it's you know yeah. it's a it's a it's a fine song. Is it yeah. in the top twenty worthy? I definitely disagree with that. But it's That's not a bad song. They have some fight. bad songs. This is not one of them. But it, it just it's a little mediocre to be top twenty. I think what happens with this song
1: is this song, as much as I love it, I love it more live than I do Mm -hmm. on the actual album Boy. Well, pretty much all their songs are better live, but yeah. Right, but this song is a song that was hidden for a lot of years. They did not play it a lot, and then all of a sudden, they played it again live. And it was during the Vertigo tour where I think they brought it out with which was in 2005 this song is their first single this song means a lot to them i understand where it is but i have a problem that this song is seven places ahead of one of their iconic songs and best songs and the title name of their third album, fourth album unforgettable fire <laughs> unforgettable fire needs to be ahead of out of control i'm sorry absolutely
3: yep. yeah yeah
2: yeah I uh, yeah uh, I have a I'll have a long thing to say on the unforgettable fire and so pretty much in short I just say I'll agree with you and and one other thing since we're just talking about the
1: unforgettable fire the fact that that is number twenty seven and number twenty six is Vertigo please what were these yeah. kids seventeen when they started listening to you two like you know four <laughs> years ago are these guys twenty one right now or something I mean that's ridiculous Vertigo should never be ahead of any song from unforgettable yeah.
2: fire there's there's a couple of songs on here that uh, i wouldn't uh, these are all okay uh maybe i don't know what do you guys think of zuropa i'm i'm not the biggest fan of that uh that song and that that album but uh i i could- I, f- I found my appreciation for this album
1: and the songs on there later on i wasn't too thrilled because if you know the story i think behind zuropa they kind of made this album while they were on tour so they were really right. never fully in a studio the way they normally would attack Octum Baby, October, right. uh, or War. You know, I mean, right. they just didn't do it that way. And I learned to appreciate some days are better than others. I like Dirty Day. Um, I think Daddy's Gonna Pay for Your Crash Car is a pretty good song. Mm-hmm. But that's those three, I'm not a fan of Numb. I like The Wanderer, but I like the version that Bono did at the tribute to Johnny Cash, not Johnny mm-hmm. Cash's version of it. Yeah. And, you know, the first the first time is actually a pretty a pretty good song, too. But, you know, this album for me, it's like, yeah, it's okay. But that's when the U2 CDs started becoming like, you know, beer coasters for me from <laughs> Zoropa Z- on. Yeah. I, 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 I
3: remember I, buying Zuropa on CD and listening to it over and over and over, trying so hard to love yeah. it. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I, it's like, I just couldn't get there. I yeah. just could not get there. I, and, and I, it was a pretty cover. That's best, That's the nicest thing I can say about it, is that the colors were very pretty.
2: Right. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just the fact that, to me, it always seems like it was kind of leftover. Yeah. You know, Maybe it couldn't get out of the shadow of Octung Baby, which was such yeah. a huge departure from everything before it. And it just yeah. seemed kind of kind of like slightly warmed over ideas that were noodling around in the Octum Yeah, Baby. and it's interesting. Right. I
3: didn't know, Lou, that they didn't record it in a studio, but that makes a lot of sense that they were yeah. recording You're this, right. like, while they were on tour, because they're playing these amazing songs from Octum Baby and thinking, well, let's just try to recapture that lightning in a bottle, and, that's, and the result is just terrible. Also, uh, the only other, and I don't know if you want to call them a band, but the only other be- boy band that I've ever heard of who recorded, like, an album or two in hotel rooms was One Direction. So <laughs> maybe they should just stick to the studio. My, my thing
1: about the whole Europa and, and pop is, and I'm sure we'll get to some songs because there are some songs from pop in this top 20. And my yep. initial reaction when I first saw the top 20, let alone the entire list, no song from Zoropa or pop, or maybe even All That You Can't Leave Behind, Should be on this list in the top twenty at all, and I think you two were kind of in limbo when they made this, as we were talking about, because you know they were they were they were experimenting with dance tracks and other things with. Well, they were experimenting
3: with concept albums, and that's just stupid because even you know it's like when Jewel (laughs) did the pop album that you know that was a concept album. It was terrible. It just Mm -hmm. it doesn't. (laughs) I don't know. You have to really be a specific type of artist to pull off a concept album as you know in a in a, in a real meaningful way. And you two just missed the mark completely. Yep. I think.
0: All right, let's do the next five.
2: All right, uh, "Mysterious Ways" from Octom Baby. Please from Pop. Um, Every Breaking Way from Songs of... What's that? Innocence? That's Songs of Innocence, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pride in the Name of Love from Unforgettable Fire. And New Year's Day from War. Well, uh, my, my first thing off here is I do like Pride, but I, there's about three or four other songs from Unforgettable Fire I would swap with this.
0: Uh,
3: A sort of Homecoming, how that is not in the top 20, yes. breaks my heart. <laughs> that is <Yep>. just...
1: <laughs> Oh, and and one of my favorite songs from Unforgettable Fire is Indian Summer Sky I don't know why there's just something I love about that song I don't even know yep. if it's the words or if it's the guitar or if it's Larry's drums but there's just something about that song that I like Pride in the Name of Love when I was a teenager I loved that song because I just yep. loved Edge's guitar sound and exactly. I loved the video and that played a lot into my love for this song Mysterious Ways I think is way too high on the list I like the song it's catchy um, it got a lot of radio play because I think it was a safe U2 song to play from ak Baby in concert. I think it's a much better song like we talked about earlier. A lot of their songs are better live. That is one of them. Um, Please same thing. Before we did this podcast and before we started recording I went on YouTube and I watched U2 live from Rotterdam the version of Please that goes into Where the Streets Have No Name. If you listen to the song Please that is the cure for insomnia. It is absolutely the cure it's for insomnia. It's such a boring
3: song. I don't know. Oh my god. I think that like a lot of times with writers with rock writers, they try to just be, you know, they're they're taking some stuff here that's like kind of I guess they're, they're thinking that it's deep cuts or more meaningful. Yeah. But if you yeah. want like, you know, if you want something or has like a deeper meaning to it, if you want something that's, you know, a deep cut that just absolutely slays and works Bono's entire vocal range, it's Elvis Presley in America. Like, um, how do you not put that i mean that, that didn't even make yeah. the top 50 that didn't even I make know. the list I, at all that is, like that to I, I me i hand wrote down a note them. asking
2: about that very same thing i, I love i mean that, that is probably, literally
3: his entire range mm-hmm. from the yeah. very yeah. bottom of his toes all the way yeah. up to the top of his falsetto it's it's i mean i just i get chills every time i hear it and i how that's not on yours
2: no idea what he's saying in half the lyrics so exactly I, oh, which, exactly <laughs> which makes me love it even more right And even even a song like Promenade,
1: that's Mm -hmm. that's a really good song from Unforgettable Fire as well. And that doesn't even get mentioned in here. No, that's not on there either. You know, Every Breaking Wave, that's too new of a song to be on the U2's top 50 greatest songs list. And I love Every Breaking Wave. I think it's a great song. I think it's a really good song, and it shows Bono's voice is as back as it has ever been because he does have some high, powerful notes that he hits in that song and some really nice notes, but...
3: Um, I think that's a top thirty, but not in the top. Right. That
1: is right. not number
3: thirteen. Yeah, I don't think it's number yeah. thirteen. Mm-mm.
0: And where do you? Where does New Year's Day sit for you?
1: See, that's an iconic song, though that sound and you know. It's, see, the thing with War, they they really found some really great sounds with War, and whether it's you know. Um, whether it's Sunday Bloody Sunday with the, the electric violin, whether it's, you know, Larry's drumming on seconds or Adam's bass playing. I mean, it, that, that song, New Year's Day, for me, I think it's higher because it's just such an iconic song for the band. Maybe not for me, my favorite U2 song, but if you're going to put a list together, I think New Year's Day is top, top six, top five. I wow. think
3: it's top 10. It's not my favorite song, but I, I respect the hell out of it. And I love that, you know, that was in their, like, real kind of rebel song phase. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that helped define them as a politically charged band. So, like, I the, the sort of um, resonance of the song, I think, works in the top 10 for sure and deserves to be there. It's at number 11. I feel like that's not too far off the mark. It's just there's some of the other filler songs in here that are just bizarre.
0: Right. All right. <laughs> so let's go. Uh, let's hit the top ten.
2: Okay. Um, uh, even better than the real thing. And number ten, tongue Baby, I will follow from Boy. Uh, number nine. Number eight is Moment of Surrender, No Line on the Horizon. Number seven, Whether Without You, Joshua Tree. Number six, Where the Streets Have No Name, Joshua Tree.
3: I I don't disagree with this cluster except for Moment of Surrender. Yeah. Like. Did they pay the, the writers to put it in there? Like, I don't understand how that even happened. This is probably right. a bunch of guys and
1: gals that sat together and said, well, we have to have some of the newer stuff in there. Because right. if you're looking at these albums, it's all the classic U2 songs. Let's throw in Moment of Surrender. No, you know what song you should have made? you could have thrown in at number eight with Surrender in the title? How about just Surrender from War? Yeah, that song is exactly. great.
2: Yep. It's funny, I, like we, we've we touched on this, Robert, in a couple of our others when we were reviewing lists where we thought like, yeah, this is just their attempt to be kind of too cute, you know, too cool for school. Right. Like, oh, yeah. let, let's throw in this deep cut just so yeah. that,
1: you know, I, and, I'm, I, and in my thinking with or without you and where the streets have no name, they are too low on this list. You they think they belong in the, the top five? Oh, they're five. top five. Those are their calling cards. Those are those are the songs that as soon as you hear the first chord, you're like, that's you, too.
3: <laughs> but, you know, so, if you're going to if you're going to going back to uh, moment of surrender for a second, if they wanted to throw in something newer, um, Songs of Innocence was a great album, and it. I, I just from the like the first the first few songs are like, eh, but then it picks up from Iris onward. I, I raised by wolves. If you want like a real mm-hmm. like anecdotal song of what was going on in their childhood, what helped form them as a band, I, I would take I would take moment of surrender out and replace it with raised by wolves. It's also a kick ass song, and we've seen them do it live a couple times. It's just it's great on the album and it's great live.
2: Yeah. I do want to get to one thing with both of you and uh, RDM, I apologize for the the, the sidetrack here. Um, <laughs> when thinking about uh, Songs of Innocence, what was your take or what, what were... Do you remember when that, you know, the whole thing about it, it just came on your iTunes, it just showed up and you could download it, you could not <laughs> download it. And I just remember people freaking out. Like, yeah. what the heck? Why are they doing this? And I was like, "What? why are you... like?" You don't want it don't download it it's not no F big you, deal bono like, for giving us a free album <laughs> i know like i like believe me i love nothing more than taking the piss out of bono and you know when he gets self-righteous out. and whatever but that was just like i was like dude it's not that big of a deal it's just you know it's not like taking up any of your memory and you know i i, well, it, I think it, at that it, point
3: people were when that happened, I think people were really over his sort of self-righteousness. Right. And I think that just pushed people over the edge. If you already hated you 2 that pushed you over the edge. And if you love you 2 then it was like, cool, thanks. You saved me 14 bucks. You know, right. like it, <laughs> exactly. I, I think it was just so polarizing. Some people want Obama to show up at their door and other people want Trump to show up. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it was literally that polarizing. What I right.
0: loved about that time, when that happened was uh, Thirty Rock was in production, and they did a play on that where I think Jenna's album, oh yes, <laughs> appeared on the refrigerator. Like you could get it on the refrigerator. I loved how pop culture made some you know cute little references. Yes, um, uh, That's great. of that. So I I have a question before we get to the top five, um, because, and I ask this with several different bands, and I, I'm curious. If the panel thinks will agree that Zouropa and or Octoon Baby are is the let me phrase it this way is. Do you think that Zouropa and or Octoon Baby because they it's that same sort of era and it's a shift. Right. And then pop kind of right after that. Right. That that early mid 90s period. Is that the uh, in the dark phase for you two where all of a sudden you have a whole new crop of fans and they've altered to be a little more new weight, not new wavy, to be a little more nineties alt pop.
3: I think every band has do- every long lasting band has done a similar shift, um, you know, like the Stones tried out disco yes. with Miss You, you know, like, uh, and, and in a more, much more modern uh, example, Coldplay shifted so drastically when they did a concept album, which is what I said earlier about concept albums. When they did Viva La Vida, that was a concept album. It was actually brilliant. And they, they pulled it off. A lot of the albums leading up to that for them, I thought were just really awful. And again, they also worked with Daniel Lenoir. And so like, they had a similar thing with You 2 but right. um, some bands make that shift and then they end up going back to their roots, which is what U2 has done. Coldplay never went back. They, they right. have gone even further and further and they've had a whole, almost a whole new fan base. So I think it mm-hmm. just depends. Sometimes it works for bands and sometimes it's an experimental phase that they look back on and go, well, that was a thing that we tried and it didn't really work. And now we're going to go back to our roots.
1: And I think if you see any type of uh, interviews or read any articles about U2 during that time, it all stemmed from, from Larry because Larry was the one who said, guys, if, if we're going to keep doing this, I'm done. I'm not going out there on tour and just churning out the, you know, the U2 jukebox every night. We need to do something new. We need to do something fresh. We need to do something different. And the Maybe song, he didn't want
3: to play like 12-minute drum solos he, anymore. Maybe. but <laughs> Maybe the his song, wrists were hurting.
1: <laughs> but the song that really brought everybody back together, because I think they were recording Octung Baby in Berlin, where um, I, think, I think it's where uh, Bowie recorded uh, Space yeah. Oddity, and they were fighting. Because Bono and Edge wanted to go one way. Adam uh, Adam and uh, Larry wanted to do something else. And then finally, it, it came. I read this in a book that it came down to Bono telling Adam, you're not playing the bass right. So then Adam took the bass off and handed it to Bono. He goes, well, then you, you fucking play it. <laughs> and then then one day they're in the studio and they hear the guitar intro to the song One. And everybody was just like, ooh, and they all leaned in. And then Larry's like, that's it. That's the sound. And One is the song that saved their, saved them.
0: Mm-hmm. So they had they they almost had a full on Let It Be moment where, where you know where George Harrison well Paul you fucking do it then I
2: don't <laughs> care <laughs> right but
0: and I but to, to, to you know to the the I always thought that when Pop came out and Disco Tech I think was the first single from that oh, record right oh, but awful. I remember, but it, it's funny because it made it made this list in Rolling Stone it's number thirty one when it came out I I remember thinking oh this is tongue in cheek. Sh- this is a shot at uh, uh, disco stones. This is a shot at Shakedown Street. This is a shot at rock bands who tried to go disco, t- literally twenty years before. Um, right. and yeah. My favorite track off of Pop is "The Playboy Mansion." Oh. oh God! No, I love the baseline. I love the the. I love this his take on pop culture. And how we are, um, you know, it it actually is a brilliant um, foreshadowing to social media. I don't think it belongs in a top 50, but it certainly, if you were going to do top 100, I'd put it at like, 65.
3: But that was that. I understand that's what they were trying to put a spotlight on commercialism and, you know, and like the, 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 like the, how big concerts had gotten. And I, I get all of that. And like the Walmart thing that they were trying to have a social commentary on. But for him. For the Playboy Mansion thing, you know, I go back to when he, like, for Mysterious Ways, when he was talking about sexuality in a very different way, that European sexuality is very different from American sexuality. So he was, like, two albums too late, I think, with a Playboy Mansion kind of commentary. But, you know, I mean, I'm splitting hairs a little bit, but, like. I don't know. Pop was just... Maybe that would have been better as an essay. <laughs>
1: well, the it's other thing, song. <laughs> well, the other thing that happened with Pop is um, he ended up losing or someone stole his lyric book. So half of the songs that ep- on that CD, if not all of them, were all recorded by him trying to remember what it is oh, he boy. wrote down.
3: And he's famous for a horrible memory, so... Yeah. <laughs> all
0: right, because
1: they actually... I'm sorry, a couple, a couple of years ago, they actually found... Bono's book with the pop lyrics, the original lyrics for the songs and this and pop. And there was rumors that like, because Bono even said in an interview, you know, the bones are there for a really good album and uh, maybe we'll go back into the studio and record it again. <laughs> pop with part the right, two? Yeah, yeah, right,
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, let's uh let's hit the top five here.
2: Uh bad from the Unforgettable Fires, number five. Um four Sunday, Bloody Sunday, and the description there lists the Under a Blood Red Sky version, not the war version. Um, We can discuss further. Uh, Beautiful Day is number three from All That You Can Leave Behind. Number two, I still haven't found what I'm looking for from Joshua Tree. And number one is one (laughs) from Tongue Baby. All right. Take out Beautiful Day.
3: Yeah, that's beautiful. A ter- it's not a, even a good song. You
1: know, it's just ugh. beautiful day is the song that I think probably put them back on the map after yep. pop, yep. and I think that's why it's a sentimental favorite to these mm-hmm. knucklehead writers for Sports, Illust- uh, Sports Illustrated. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they, they, I think they should write for Sports Illustrated. They exactly. sure don't know
2: music. Yeah, if that's make, the way it's going to be,
1: yeah, I don't. I don't think beautiful day is that good of a song to begin with. Anyway, I don't think it should be. Fi- I think it should be fifty-one on this list of fifty. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, with it, it's a, it's not better than with or without you, where the streets have no name, or I will follow. It's not even better. I mean, it's
2: not even better than mysterious ways. It's not.
0: All right. Uh, what?
2: What else? What about one? What about is one uh, the best one? I, I don't. I personally don't think it's one is the best one. one.
3: I guess right. I mean, it's their biggest commercial hit. It's been covered more than any of their other songs. It, it's you know, if, When you've got Mary J. Blige doing, which to her credit, she did a killer version of it. But like it just went so commercial that I I understand why you would probably feel awkward not putting it at number one as their biggest song. It's not their best song. It's an I don't dislike it. It's an OK song. But I think people have put like it's like it's like Coldplay's Fix You. It's not a great song, but people have assigned so much sentimentality to it. And, and they've just tried to make it so much deeper than it really is that, you know, it's become an anthem. So right eh i don't know
1: i also think like i said before it's one it's the song that if you follow you too when you watch documentaries and read articles on them this is the song that kept the band together because they were on the verge of just going their separate ways and saying that's it we're done and then this song comes around and it just shot the injection of life back into the band all four of them and i think that's where that it's a sentimental number one favorite i think
3: well if you look at the top if you look at number two i still haven't found what i'm looking for that is a far superior song To one, just melodically, the lyrics, everything. Um, Number three, Beautiful Day, like we all agree, I think, doesn't even belong anywhere near the top 10 or even top 20 for me. Um, Sunday Bloody Sunday, all right, that's that's legendary.
2: You see, see, that's what I would put, I would think, you know, like um, maybe that is just showing my age. Like to me, that was a song that everybody knew and everybody just knew as your typical YouTube song. I, I guess even before the Joshua tree kind of kind of rewrote everything. But like, I I think, yeah, that would be what I would, I I would move up just as, you know, your sentimental pick, but yeah, um, I mean, I think
3: the, I think like the coolest song that they probably ever did is bad. And that it just kept every time they play it live, it gets better and better. Yeah. And so like to have that at number five, I think that's kind of a, a disservice to the coolest song they ever yeah.
1: wrote, and the live aid version of "Bad" to me is the best version of "Bad" ever. And I know you said, uh, Michael, that the Sunday Bloody Sunday at Red Rocks is the one that they're choosing. No, Rattle and right. Hum version blows it all away. Blows yeah. them all away because Bono's given the speech. It was the, it was the day after the Inniskillin bombing. It, I mean, the emotion and the energy, and there's that one moment. Where he where he starts chanting no more and then he bends down and the microphone and the speaker get too close together and the feedback but it but it hits the note at the right time I mean it was just one of those like this is the best Sunday Bloody Sunday moment ever
2: yeah Um, speaking of rattle and hum I was uh, this is nowhere near compares to your story uh, both of your stories but I was at the concert with the uh, with the choir for the rattle and hum version of of uh, what i'm looking for that that's I awesome that concert oh that's them. amazing oh, isn't that, is that oh. the harlem new voices of freedom from
1: harlem yes. i believe that's exactly yeah so that was i want to say like
3: that almost beats our story that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> and that's
1: and that's the version that's on the rattle and hum exactly. so
3: good yeah oh yeah my gosh yeah so, so i want to say that
1: was like fall of 1987 at msg i think it was september 27th if you read the line, <laughs> if you read the liner notes, it says no. It says it in there, and I've read the liner notes to "Rattle and Hum" thousands of
0: times. There you go. <laughs> uh, the full list will be up in our show notes. Um, I, I'm going to call a little bullshit on the list. I'm going to start with that. I, 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 think <laughs> I, you know, I don't think we are going to
2: find any disagreement. Um, uh, and if you look at the full this. list,
0: uh, I'm a little bit pissed off that one of my favorite early U2 songs is not on this, and that's "A Day Without You." to yeah. me that it just actually sort
1: of, actually get it right it's a day, a day without, without me, me.
0: sorry yeah. you're right you're right
1: you're <laughs> absolutely right you, you, you're John Sakata all of a sudden <laughs> just another day without
2: you <laughs> uh,
0: that, uh, that I found that song uh, it was on a mix that a friend gave to me um, and that was my entry point I mean I was familiar with you two up to that point um, I'd had but I hadn't gone back you know I sort of dropped in Probably mm-hmm. when most you know people our age would have dropped in, um, and then I had I had went back to War and Boy uh, in October. <clears throat> uh, I guess Joshua Tree is probably where I dropped in, um, you know, from an age perspective, and went back to those records in high school and was like oh no this is you know this is this is new wave this is you know that kind of put me down an island records um you know rabbit hole and learning all i could about that which then kind of pushed me into like even deeper uh and then you know mike you and i went in this whole like other rabbit hole early high school with with El, you know deep elvis costello and stuff like that yep. um i love that this is a band that has tried to even as we've talked about uh zuropa and Octune baby and, and and pop and even <laughs> even um you know that that 05 period uh really wanted to capture no matter how wealthy they were the sort of their punk you know hey we just found each other on a on an art board you know in in school um if, you know milieu if you will
3: i yeah i mean i it, it's it's funny cuz i guess bands are now unless you know simon cowell you don't really form a band anymore um it's uh, you know when you look at bands like radiohead and coldplay and u2 and all the bands that met at at uni you know and it's like that doesn't seem to happen anymore maybe because we don't have instruments in schools or something i'm not sure but we're we're really missing out on on that sort of genesis of great music but um yeah it's funny you know it, it uh Michael you just reminded me going way way back when i was a kid my dad as lewis said was my dad's from ireland and all my cousins and all my family are still there and i remember being about eight years old and I was introduced to U2 very early on because of all my cousins and they're in just outside of Dublin not far from where Bono was from and uh, I remember being about eight or nine and visiting and all my older cousins who were like late teens they were going to see a U2 show and I was just like crying because I couldn't go and I was so upset and my one cousin just looked at me and she was like you know she's like it, it's so typical of Irish the Irish do not want anyone to ever get too big for their britches and so she said yeah look they're good but if this is another one of those bullshit shows where Bono doesn't shut the hell up I'm gonna walk out I mean it was like <laughs> and, and this is like at the height of the beginning of the wave of U2 I'm in right. tears because I'm I'm too young to go and they're so jaded already by Bono right. and his preaching and eh, if uh-huh. he preaches too much we're leaving and we're gonna go to the right. pub instead and it was yeah. just like such a typical Irish moment in an Irish yeah. Household, it's like that's exactly how they are.
2: It's <laughs> <That's> beautiful.
0: <laughs> Any other thoughts as we wind on down the road here?
3: Um, do we want to throw in some songs that we think should have made this list? Because I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say.
2: Uh, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh i have some things written down that i i i saw like you lou i saw unforgettable fire and a sort of homecoming way too way too uh, low on that list yeah. I, i'm yeah. just a sucker for the unforgettable fire album so love it i always oh. think that needs to be bumped up i also um all i want is you was 25 i thought that should probably be a little bit higher but that's i have always liked that song i like uh i like that version on rattle and hum and then there's a whole bunch of things that just weren't even on the list at all, like yeah. Seconds, Red Light, Surrender, Elvis Presley in America, Red Hill Mining Town. Yes, that's Country, on my list mm-hmm. Country, yep. Country yep. Hill. <laughs> yep. Um, right. Trying to throw your arms around the world. Yes, and
3: that's also on my list. Yep. Yes. Yep. And I like. I, I, I'm
1: a. I'm a huge fan of stories for boys. I have no idea yeah. why that song isn't on there.
0: Yeah. Trying and
3: to throw the, the, your arms around the world is that I'm so glad you yeah. mentioned that, Michael, because that is a great <laughs> song that just I I don't know. I, I mean, I guess when you look at Octoon Baby, it wasn't a commercial hit or anything, but it's it definitely deserves right. to be there for sure.
2: And, and, you know, this may not be my favorite, but I think it serves as a great kind of jumping off point for their kind of second half of their career, which is Zoo Station, which is like, mm-hmm. all right, this great is, song. you know, you were used to. This version of you, 2 anthem, Anthematic and, you know, rock and some country and, and that type of stuff. And now we're going in a completely different direction and we're, you know, throwing, throwing it all out the window and doing something completely new. Yeah. I, the the, I, the like song like that, not necessarily in the top, you know, not top 20, but it should probably be in the top 50 of, because it's just such a, such a kind of landmark and a way to kick things off and change things up.
1: And yeah. I, I don't know who these writers are, but I'm just going through this list one more time. And I really can't believe that who's going to ride your wild horses is not on this list. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> that made my such, list. Yeah,
3: yeah. That, that's on it, my list. Because I mean, if you're going to do a song it.
0: about wild horses, it is better than the Rolling Stones. Wild horses. <laughs> but the
1: other thing is, if you go through Octum Baby, So Cruel is a great song. Yeah. yeah. It's a very good song. I think that's
2: yeah. on the I think that was somewhere in the top. I 50, think that did though. make
3: the top fifty. But yeah. you know, for not making the top fifty, and I know this might be a little bit controversial, but where the hell is Angel of Harlem? Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. on the list at all. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And that's one, you... that's probably in my top. If I was going to do top 20, uh, I, for nothing other than the radio geek loving the fact that he's shouting out WBLS.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: But now I I take issue with at the top of their list or the, the bottom or whatever it was, the t- number 45. Why would you put in the top 50? Hold me, thrill me, kiss me. Kiss oh, me? Thank oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: And so, Yeah. So cruel is not on this list. Oh, we's yeah, got
3: part
0: it two Oh. so cool. Yep.
3: And you so, know what? I mean, look, it, it's it, it just in terms of like, it's not that it's not a deep song. It's not like a poetic lyric song, but just a really good song. Where's two hearts beat as one. Mm-hmm. That's yep. just yeah. a fun song. Like yeah. it, it, these yeah. writers, I think they were trying to be so deep thinking that like you, right. you're just, you're, you're glossing over what's just a fun song to hear. And, and, say, and, yeah.
1: and we could do this. This whole episode could be a two hour episode because I'll throw an, <laughs> I'll throw another song out there. I I'm, I'm, so sorry. Anytime you get B.B. King to play guitar play on a song, really, <laughs> and when love comes to town, yeah, you're not, yeah. that's not
3: on yet. It's a great
1: song.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I love the fact that they always uh, um they always paid the homage Dutch to the, to the, the roots, yeah. yeah.
1: And they and they always paid homage to the people that came before them, you know? I don't think that they rip Elvis off. I think they honor Elvis. I don't think they rip Johnny Cash off. I think they honor Johnny Cash. I think yeah. they, I mean, they love these people, you know? If
3: they if they released Angel of Harlem today, it would be cultural appropriation all the way. They would not be, able, it would be a, like a band song. But at the time, like Lou said, they were paying homage to right. the, the, the the backbone of what, it, what became, their version of rock and roll what you know it's like when the stones say they were walking around before they even a band walking around with muddy waters albums you know right it's like you just it's the backbone of what became popular rock and roll music i don't think they could have gotten away with that now you know right. singing in a church in harlem they well, wouldn't e- get away with it well
1: even the things bono has said in concert in the 80s wouldn't go over well now because <laughs> uh-huh. you know there there's times where he was talking about how you know well we love this. We have the number one album in the country. We have the number one song in the country. You know, and it makes me think of you know being on tour and turning the radio to the black stations and hearing blues like you know Miles Davis and, and it's like you know he's telling you about his love for music and the people that have made this great music. But the way he says it, I could see people now being like, "Oh, okay. Oh, so the black stations they have there." You know, would, it's like
0: and the ones that who would say that shouldn't be the people the, the people who would object right. to that are not the folks who should object to that it right. would be a bunch of you know millennial white kids exactly who are overreaching
1: yes um, <laughs> it's the, it's the people you know. who say well we can't we don't want to call it chinese food anymore why not <laughs> what are you going to call
0: that's it that's literally
1: what it is you know mm-hmm. i actually heard a conversation like that on At
3: chinese a- food <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know but whatever anyway this list sucked Yes, All right. <laughs> but it's a conversation right. was great. The conversation was great. This list sucked. Yeah, there you go. Well, I think, I think that a- sums it up nicely. Perfect. Victoria, do you agree? Yes, I agree. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Well, we appreciate you guys coming on and helping us once again beat up Rolling Stone magazine.
2: <laughs> oh, we love it. If anything, we
0: can perhaps parlay this into or a, a, a job with them. You never know.
2: Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you need to follow us, uh, you can uh, find us in the normal spots: uh, Twitter at Radio Free Jersey, uh, Instagram, what's it RFJ of all time. Uh, just look for us on Facebook. Uh, search for Radio Free Jersey um, and the website Radio Free Jersey, uh, dot com.
0: And uh, Lou and Victoria, you want to you want to plug your socials?
3: Sure, you can uh, follow us. I'll be retweeting the link to this for sure. Um, at on Air Victoria on all the socials. And same
0: for me
1: I am at Lou underscore Pellegrino Last name P-E-L-L-E-G-R-I-N-O Like the water On all social as well
0: And this is very very important For all of you uh, Who are big fans of the show Help us grow Uh, And if you could just uh, It seems to be the theme Of uh, the week here If you listen to a lot of other podcasts uh, Tell a friend And go to Apple Podcasts And uh, give us a five star rating And a review would be great Uh, You know Not a bad Yelp review But an honest uh, Five star positive review would be great. Thanks for listening, everybody. This podcast is a production of Radio Free Jersey.